Prophetic lyrics and excellent guitar playing of Alvin Lee, and uh, so uh, coming true right in front of our eyes here. And I guess I'm going to say it's the eighth. Chris says it's the seventh. I, I don't know. Oh, you're if, right. If you can't, okay, okay. He's chimed in there. We had a little discourse before the show started. Roger Sales Radio Ranch People's Patriot Network. Get that out of the way. Uh, your your 21st century multi ethnic abolitionist. How about that, Chris? That's quite a bother. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of true, too. Um, uh, I, I went into a little bit of a panic here uh, right before the show started because I had an experience yesterday afternoon. One of those, one of those really nice, gentle, we're going to get you down the right chute into the pen kind of like cows, you know, where they prod them, prod them. They kind of prod them, you know. Sometimes they get those electrified prods. So I kind of got that yesterday at the courtesy of Microsoft, excuse me, Microsoft, Bill Gates, wonderful organization providing software and increased productivity for all over the world. Well, I got a good dose. I got a good <laughs> I, I, well, I didn't. I didn't get what you said. We're going to get you one of these days onto some sort of a decent connection, Chris. I don't know how. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I wish you could hear it, honestly. So anyway, the the thing is, what they did is uh, they're updating Skype, and we've all been fighting it for a long time. I keep giving you the update now, update now. No, I tried it back at one point, and it's different. And um, uh, it didn't seem to perform as well to me doing the radio show. So I have fought it for quite some time. And uh, they just flat backed your ass into a corner, and I wasn't going to be able to get in and use my. See, I switched between my personal account, which I've had. We were a couple of guys that uh, used to stay on some of this computer stuff had one guy that was particularly good at it and i see here comes patrick calling in and i've got to i I see here's the problem i got an incoming call from patrick and if i answer him i put chris on hold here let me show you see patrick okay there's patrick right hey patrick no i don't even get patrick when i answer it shows i've got him Oh, boy, this is going to be a real problem, isn't it? Okay, well, I'm going to hang up from Patrick and see if I can go back to Chris and and see if we can figure out what in the heck is resume call. Okay, there we are. Chris? I'm back again. I was blipped off there, and yeah, I kind of well, wonder if well, that, a four-way. Well, see, I've got people. Hold on here. Answering this call will place your active call on hold. See, I don't have the chance to network here now. I can't have more than one person calling in at one time, or at least if there's a way to do it, I sure don't know how. Sounds like you need a site administrator. <laughs> and, and, and no, what we needed to do was stay with the old 
uh, uh, the old Skype. But, oh, man. So, anyway, uh, Patrick, I can't answer your phone without, and, and I guess you're listening. Yeah, I'm sorry. I can't answer your call without putting Chris on hold. I can't do a conference call, at least. If I, if you can, I don't know how, uh, uh, like the way we've always done it. And this is why we thought not to have to make this switch. And Microsoft just backed me into a corner yesterday, and I had no other choice or else I didn't get into any of my accounts. I had to go through an hour and a half of waiting for customer service and then finally get with some guy who finally had to take control of my computer to come in and get it done, and they require a second confirmed email address now. That was part of the process. And now the software has changed on both profiles, the network profile and this one, and I don't guess we're going to, unless somebody can figure out how to do this, Paul, Paul how we can get in multiple conversations um let me see here let me see if paul's around uh mm. paul you around you around uh let's see here because man i don't see how to do it and i was watching the uh you know the national uh, a football championship last night i didn't play with it i got it done late in the afternoon and they just switched it over to you and i didn't really mess with it too much but this this could be a real serious problem on how we do things here uh what i might have to do what chris Say what was the score of that football game? <laughs> well, uh, the the University of Clemson Tigers uh, defeated the University of Alabama Crimson Tide pretty handily last night. Uh, it's been a long time since I remember the University of Alabama getting uh, their heads handed to them, which is pretty much what happened last night. So, uh, interesting game, real good game, uh, a lot of very high end. Uh, athletic talent that you'll see in the NFL for years, man. That so there, it was a good game and it was a accumulation to a good season. So, but I'm more concerned right now with this with this uh, uh, Skype situation because I need to find out if there's a possible remedy at all. If not, we're just going to be able to take calls one at a time, okay? And uh, I don't know any other way to do it at this point. We can still have audience contact, but like with Fridays with Brent, we're not going to be able to have people uh, uh, do that or else have to open up some sort of a chat room or something. Uh, this throws me a heck of a curve here this morning, um, and it doesn't exactly start my day out great, uh, and it, it absolutely aggravates me so bad at Microsoft I could just grab them and shake their butts, and uh, we may have to find another way to do this. Here's a thought. I don't know that it has any legs because I'm not a big techie guy on the computer, but I know that there are some, I think what you'd call control boards or broadcast control boards, mixers, and you might hook your mixer up to your phone line, and that might give you the ha ability to have multiple inputs on phone line connections, but it would seem like an a lot of extraneous steps to have to go through to get to where you could do it before. No, without all this no, it's not even feasible uh, the way we've got this set up. Now, there may be an answer out there uh, that, uh, that I'm just not aware of, um, and we might have to do something without Skype. Uh, but 
to not have the ability to conference our calls anymore. What is this? Center. Add to group. Ah, now hold on. Now maybe we can do it this way. Maybe there is a way to do it. And I just don't know how to do it because they've changed the uh, uh, the you know the routines. Uh, Paul, and then you give you any directions. Hold on, hold on. If I can find, if I can find Patrick here, oh, missed call. Yeah, no kidding. If I can find Patrick, I can if I can find Patrick on here, I'm going to see if I can add him in. Holy smokes, I can add people in, but I can't take a call and I can't find him here here in this man I, I'm so sorry to be so confused and disoriented but I, I'm real disoriented and I'm very curious uh, as to how to do this um, I tried to add Brent in but uh, I, what I seem to have here is a list of people that have exchanged Skype num uh, profiles with us and these people show up on a on a directory, but people that have called, see, I had Patrick in there because his phone number was registered, and I I'd, I'd identified that phone number with him in a profile, but I don't have access to that information. It doesn't appear. Uh, I might. Uh, 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 holy smokes. Well, hide and go seek is not a game for amateurs, Roger. Well, let's hope there's a way to do this somehow. Um, man, what in the world is going on here? I am so sorry. I don't know how we're going to. I can't. Well, the basic the basic premise is uh, we can't have multi people conversations at this point. I don't know how to have them. Uh, maybe I could call out and add somebody in. Um. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, hold on. Let's see. Let's see here. Call, audio call. Do I? All right. Now, now I can add him in this way. But I couldn't answer it. Let's see. Patrick? Feel free to leave a message and we'll return your call. All right. Well, at least we got Patrick there. Please okay. record your message. <laughs> you recording. You may How's this for live radio? All right. Hey, Patrick, we're going to try and figure out this new Skype. I can at least call you back, but I couldn't answer your call in the new software. At least I don't know how to do it yet. Okay, so that we can do, Chris. We can call out. Is Chris now? Is is Chris? Oh yeah. Nope. See, I when I called out, I put you on hold. Well, I could tell I was on hold because it sure was quiet on this end, but I was okay with that. Add to call. Okay, I can add. Well, here, evidently, there's some way to do it. Hell, I wish I knew somebody we could try and get this in right here. Add to call. All right. Let's let's try. Just try this. Add. Add. Uh, hold on. Just hold on. Can you still hear me? I do. And I was just imagining that you could be sitting there naked with your hair on fire trying to figure out this uh, 
And you know, well, you know, listen, one of the joys of this program, to me, is that we can do this. Uh, and it, he didn't pick up or something. Anyway, I it, maybe there's a way to still pull this off, but it, it, I'm sorry for the disorientation, which is what it is right here on my end. And because no, we can't do it the way we've been doing it for over a year all of a sudden. And... Uh, Damn, Microsoft. Jeez almighty. Uh, I I hope they haven't uh, uh, taken that capability out because, quite frankly, it's one of the uh, real advantages that we have here is taking multi-inputs and from, all, from not only subject matter but different people and discussing things. It's a discussion board. And if we can only – there's got to be a way to do it. I'll We'll get it done somehow. I'm – We'll see what happens tomorrow. Okay. Uh, so did you have anything on your mind, particularly Chris, since I've, you know, the whole first 15 minutes of the show has been all of this Microsoft backlash crap. Chris, are you even there? Okay. Okay. You're there. I'm back. One five eight. Now I can't get this one. Hold. Uh, well, just if you're gone for a second, let me see. Okay. Hello. Is this Patrick? No, Roger. Yes. This is Mike. Anyways, hey. I might be able to help you. I got twenty years on computers. Well, I'm sure they've. I hope they haven't taken that attribute out of Skype's protocol because uh, it doesn't well, seem. Can you can you give me a? I'm not even. I I heard you on Angela's call. I've been. I'm just listening to you, and I said, well, I try to get a hold of him. I've got 20 years of in, you know IT experience. Is there an email or something I can get a hold of you and I can figure out your? Yes. Yes. You? Yes. Send me an email at radio ranch at mail dot com, and it's Mike, right? Yes, sir. Okay, well, I, I got Patrick just hung up. Uh, I can't. Uh, um, I, I got something to do this afternoon, so it'd have to be later this afternoon. But if you'll drop me an email there, and I'll get a hold of you, and we'll uh, see if we can't get your input on this because this needs to be straightened out. And I think it is, but you know how they change protocols and stuff and how you do things. Yeah. Man, they got this thing. Radio, cat hold on. Radio, radio Ranch, what? At mail dot com radio ranch at m-a-i-l dot com yeah i've also got uh 11 years as an audio engineer so i'll get your problem fixed okay well that'll be great if we can just figure out how they got this thing cattywamp to where it didn't work like it used to an email you're gonna see an email from um i'm just gonna put uh uh, IT tech in the subject line, so you'll know it's me. Okay. IT tech, Mike. Yep. And I'm in Midwest, so I'm Eastern time. Okay. Well, I'm Eastern time now oh, to this okay. part of the year. I'll be in touch, Mike. I appreciate you reaching out, huh? Yeah. Well, I'm a state citizen. I've got some questions for you. Oh, good. Well, I, well, we'll have a nice conversation. 
But yeah, okay, uh, but Roger. but I'd um, rather I'll tell you I'll, what. If you got questions, I'd rather you ask them on the air so everybody gets to benefit from both the questions and the answer. So well, there's some things I, I there's some things that I'm not going to put out because I'll put a target on my back. All right, uh, all right. I'll discuss them with you privately. Okay, we'll and talk, and we'll 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 go through what I'll talk about on the air. And there's some things I'm not going to do it. All right, I will put I I'll disappear. All right. Well, so, your your comfort level is uh, my concern. Okay, so shoot me an email. I'll get back with you, and we'll see if we can't conquer this little snake, okay? Yes, sir. I'm going to do this right now. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Talk to you then. Okay, see there what nice listeners we got? Now, let's see. That was Mike, but I'm so discombobulated here. Now I can resume the call with Chris. So Chris is back. Chris, I I guess we'll have to do this like 10-4 over, buddy, over, and you'll have to answer back. Well, yes, I am. As a matter of fact, I was listening to you and Mike there, and uh, he sounds like a real bright guy with a lot of experience. I have a lot of audio in my background, but it was before the computer took over the audio world, so mine is a little archaic, or archaic as the case may be. All right. Now, Mike, Mike, you just responded, too, so both of you are on right now? No, Mike's not there. I thought I heard him answer when you started talking. Anyway, it's something they've done. Hopefully, we'll be able to straighten this out where we can do it like we've always done it. Um, uh, it just kind of throws me for a loop today here. And I guess what we'll do uh, in, in to make shift here to get through is, Chris, you if you're going to stay on the call like you like to do and like the audience and myself like to have you there, if somebody calls in, I'll just answer the call and it'll put you on hold and we'll get their input and come back. Maybe that's the way to do it. Makeshift. Hopefully that's not the way we got to do it all the time because that is not an ide- ideal situation. We may have to look for another alternative there. So otherwise than that, my friend, with all this confusion to start off today on a Tuesday, I said it was the first full week of the new year, right? Yesterday. Oh, yeah. Uh, so hey, we ended the show yesterday. Um, it was a good show yesterday, right? And so uh, we ended the show, and I said something about may, you know, Justice Ginsburg hur- hurry on to meet her maker, you know? And uh, Robert, Robert kind of chided me a bit, but I thought about it after the show. It was right at the end of the show. You couldn't do anything about it. You know, listen, I, I have an unbelievable, and I know the whole Christian attitude, okay? But if you go back and look at some of the things – the question does god hate god loves obviously does god hate well yeah god hates what do you what do you mean i mean twice once in genesis repeated verbatim in the old testament jacob has i loved and esau have i hated those are the words right there okay and then if you'll notice back in revelation 18 and you get back under the babylon oh babylon the great has fallen in an hour and the merchants of the earth whale come out of her my people come out of her my people after that there's these remedy verses and it says something to the effect serve her double what she's serve you fill her cup double with what she's given and so those don't sound like uh, turn the other cheek embrace these guys and sing kumbaya i know you'll do better next time i don't think so roger i think you're exactly right i 
think that the creator has a limit to how far you can push him, and he takes severe retribution against abominations and defilations to his plan, his people. Uh, I do note with some particularities, uh, let's call them emergency executive orders, uh, state of emergency invocation uh, by Trump have some very significant aspects to them, and I haven't seen it fully rolled out yet, so I'm not convinced it's really taken place. It may be just a big PSYOPs mind war to see what people react to, but we're watching very closely out here. Well, there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of important things happening in an awful lot of important areas. But this one, and we'll certainly discuss them, I guess, as we get through it and talk about it a bit here today, because I want to go ahead and have the show. Connection sounds pretty good in, in the new the new Skype. Um, but I particularly wanted to pick up and segue in, even without all this first 20 minutes of garbage thank you for microsoft um this ginsburg idea and that idea that we just laid out there uh we're supposed to love all these other people but not people that we know are from the synagogue of satan and and those those are jesus's words right there in your red letter bible those are in red they're those who call themselves jews and are not they are the synagogue of satan they lie that's what those words say Okay. And, yeah, Revelation 2939, of course. And uh, the fact that uh, we know now even far better than just the ordinary people that hate them. Okay. We know what the real depths of depravity of these people are that they've gone in and through this very surreptitious way over a long period of time with determined events that have to happen in order to accomplish their goal. You know what they call it in Freemasonry, don't you? Uh, the plan. I'm not sure exactly the, what you're looking for. The great work. Ah, the great work started when they laid the first base of the pyramid in in 1860s and had the Civil War where they pit brother against brother. Over 600,000 Americans related died in that war, quote unquote, which was we can now understand easily forced by manipulating tariffs and aggravating the economic circumstances that existed between the North and the South at the time and aggravating that schism to the point of getting it to a war where they could get this 14th Amendment in place. They'd already been blinging the black slaves in. They were put in charge of the slave trade by the King of England. Okay. And it goes back to the problems there is why the usury was there because the Christians couldn't do usury, but he'd bring these guys in and unleash them and then take a whole big percentage of whatever they took every year to help finance the country. Well, I guess that was the easy decision, Roger. You know, if you want a job right, you go out and get an expert. And who has been the expert slavers, usurious implementers and uh, just the ones that have been deceiving mankind since the beginning of time is 
the synagogue of Satan. Well, they have been exactly all of that stuff, you know. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's something we ought to do today is drag out the David Duke tape on the, the history of Jewish slavery. I've played it a number of times, but again, I don't know that you could play that sort of thing too much. Uh, and it goes all the way back to Rome. Okay, and all the way through the Middle Ages and, and and on into the point when the king granted them a monopoly on the black slave trade. And, of course, that ended up right in our lap. And uh, then they turn around and use it against us to enslave everybody. It's a brilliant plan. Okay, and credit where credit is due. And they've been able to pull it off over a, a long period of time. So from the 18, 1868, I believe, is when uh, 18... When the Fourteenth Amendment was passed, there's '66 maybe. There's a Civil Rights Act of '66, which I think was finally passed as the Fourteenth Amendment and ratified in '68. Okay, I believe that's the timetable there. Uh, but that's the first leg of their little great work pyramid, and then they worked very judiciously, and uh, and they're very patient, and they laid all the other bases at the same time. Remember, that was the same 1850s, 60s range was when they started uh, uh, getting Schofield to write his Bible so they could set up the whole dispensationalism thing down the road so we could have this little bastard state over there that we got today that, the you know, is threatens everybody in the world. World, quite frankly all right and so they laid all that out through the later 1800s and uh the jim crow laws were firmly established for decades and then you got to the turn of the century and you had those two important cases plessy versus ferguson an incredibly important case that many patriots have never heard of okay and it sets up everything followed by two years later wong kim ark U.S. versus Wong Kim Ark, a Chinaman, all right, where they took it from being a black, white Jim Crow law to meaning that the Jim Crow side also incorporated Mexicans and, and, and coolies and all kinds of every, and that set the whole thing up because that's what they're going to lower us into, uh, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, very slick plan, okay? A slick bit. <laughs> very slick plan and but the key to it i think is plessy and the old state citizenship because they can't do away with it and i'm talking just in generalities of people having a big big understanding they can put their arms around so they could tell other people easily about it and explain it easily because that's always been the problem is it's so damn complex they've done such an incredible job of setting this up being patient uh passing the baton from generation to generation with a big long-term goal the great work all right and They've done a good job at it. Okay, Most people, when they're confronted with it, they can't believe it. And they can't believe it on a couple of levels. Just this conceptual level that it could be pulled off. And then on the secondary level, there's a secondary level of, of equivocation, Chris. And that is, if you're trying to tell somebody their property, well, they don't understand the concept of the legal concept of property that it's a right and not a thing and then and they consider the property to be the thing so you got two hurdles to uh, to jump there to get somebody kind of grasp with the idea of the magnitude of what's been pulled off here 
not dissimilar from navigating a minefield like a blind man. Boy, <laughs> man, I, I'm I'm telling you, I, I mean, it's it hooked me twenty seven years ago. I what really got me originally, I think, as I think back a long time ago, you know, a lot of water under the bridge since those days. But that first weekend when I sat in that seminar, 30-something hours, whole weekend long, all day Saturday, all day Sunday, till after dark on Sunday night, okay? And at the end of all this information that went so far over my head that I couldn't even begin to grasp it. And at the end, though, John went back to that verse we mentioned earlier, Revelation 18, and went down through that whole thing. And at the bottom there, where it's the list of the 21, 22 things that the merchants of the earth are wailing about because they can no longer sell, it's bodies and souls of men. And between that, the impression it had on me at that time, and then coming to understand the way they had to flip the term in CFR, Code of Federal Regulations, Title 26, at 1.1-1A, there where it's the general jurisdiction statement for the income tax, and how they had to put non-resident alien in there. So I think for those two things kept me digging, understand, understand, understand. And the minute you overturn, as you well know, Chris, and most of the audience, when you overturn one rock and then there's something else under there. and <laughs> A lot of rabbit holes to go down for sure. <laughs> well, it's taken a lot of time. I don't know why I did it. I certainly wasn't. I was just driven to find the truth. I mean, when it boils down to it, I just... I wanted to understand because I realized it was a fraud and you get into the intricacies of it. And if you got any engineering type curiosity, it's wow, well, this is the way that works and that affects this. And you start putting it together and really get a schematic, at least in your mind of what, (laughs) of what quote unquote, the system really is. You go back to the uh, temptation song, don't mess with the Jones. Us intrepid Indiana Jones-like truth-searching adventurers are dead set, laser-focused on finding the truth of this deception and solving this unsolvable design conundrum so the rest of us can free ourselves from slavery, too, of the debt slaves. Well, that's, of course, what we want to do is get get the word out to people, and I'm, I don't even necessarily go, go do it, go file that paper, do it now. I don't do that, you know. Uh, all I have been able to ascertain that my function is here is to try and help people understand it and teach them about it and then let them make that decision because technically what you're doing, to my understanding, when you when they receive, not, and I guess maybe, Chris, you could even say when you send because once it's in the system, it's considered received. That's the way the IRS plays it, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. They presume to assume. So if you've got it, once you've sent that to the Secretary of State with your nice little cover letter, with or without a passport application, asking them very nicely to firmly and permanently place it in your administrative file. Um, From that point on, technically you're over under the common law now. 
Now, you still interact with them. You still got to interact with the beast over there, and you can do that. But technically, none of their antics up there in the newly seated House of Representatives and all those clowns really have anything to do with you. Uh, let's see here. I'm going to try and see if I can clear my throat for a second. Chris, is, I guess this is a good thing that bears discussion. Well, I suppose it could be that there are so many things going on in the world that are not being talked about on the mainstream network that well, only the truth channels like this one is where one can go to get some inkling. Well, you know, back in the early days, I had a real good teacher. I've, I've mentioned his name before, drilled a bunch of stuff into my head. He was a very interesting and eccentric guy. And maybe some of you have come across some of his teachings. His name was Gary Bryant. And uh, uh, Gary had just, he was, a, he was an engineer, a maritime engineer. He'd go off on sailing ships all over the world and stuff. And he got hooked into this IRS stuff. And he was like me and the, a lot of us, man. Once the bug bites you, you just can't get rid of it. And he spent literally virtually all his free time, to my knowledge, he's still alive, but at least the rest of his life that I knew of, doing nothing but compiling three-ring notebooks with stuff he'd found in law libraries in different subjects, and he'd carry about 20 or 30 of them around in the trunk of his car. I'm not kidding you, okay? And yeah, flash drives are welcome. <laughs> no, no, he wasn't. He he didn't consider himself computer literate. He tried, but but he just was. That was his way, you know. And he towed all of those. Uh, now let's see. He towed all those around. Okay, now I'm going to answer Patrick. Answering this call will place the other on hold, and you're going to go on hold, Chris. I'm going to hear what Patrick's got to say. Okay, let's see, Patrick. Yeah. Hey, man, I'm sorry I haven't been able to answer your call. I got to put Chris on hold at this point to do it. Now, let's see. Hold on. There may be a way to do this. Uh, there is. When we do our Bible study, the minister has to call everybody and bring them in. Well, uh, and, but Chris doesn't. Since Chris won't get a Skype profile, I can't bring him in because he calls in on the phone. See where all these... It's aggravating, man. Got, how you doing? How you how you doing, Chris? I mean, how you doing, Patrick? God Almighty! <laughs> <laughs> These people. Oh, are... <laughs> yeah. Now listen, we do a Bible study on two nights on Skype, and my guy uh, Leroy was having trouble. But best I can understand, he sets a site on there. And it's called like Sabbath Bible Study or something. And we call into it, and we come right on in you got to set a profile for the people to call in, but I understand he calls everybody and drags them in at 7 o'clock, and then us latecomers are able to call in on this site, and it works. He, you establish a call site or something okay. on, a, on a list on the side, so you well, have to do, study your tutorial on it. Oh uh, Well, uh, okay. I'll well, tell you, him. I'll tell him Leroy's phone number. I was going to say, tell him I might be yanking on his uh, – uh, on his okay. chain send me what send it over there to uh to radio ranch at mail.com i'm going to start using that as the program email receptacle uh radio what ranch radio ranch at mail m-a-i-l dot com all right, I'll call you this afternoon when I get over. Well, I got, I got, I got, I'll get you hooked up. With I got, yeah, that later this afternoon, this evening, we'll talk, okay? It'd be, it'd be this evening of. Well, did he go away? 
bathroom. this morning. Uh, okay. Uh, when I when I get my affidavit done and everything, and I pull the trigger and I'm in the saddle, uh, can I still use my old security number, my Social Security and Fed numbers to uh, sure continue to hold bank accounts and Abs- do business? Absolutely. Absolutely, and okay. and and it, once you've done that, and see, you, uh, there's all kinds of interesting things. Like you could probably keep your old bank accounts. I didn't necessarily give them my affidavit when I opened the one I got now, but I was in Argentina opening one from out of the country that I desperately had to have, and I didn't want to do anything to rock the boat with it. But I would think that if you went to open an account, just give them the affidavit too. They can't discriminate against you. And U.S. nationals are available. Uh, that's available to those people, of course. They just don't want to let you know it is. So that's kind of what I've thought about it a couple of times. But those those are all the little nuances of this that people are going to have to do individually and push the envelope, and then we'll have a definitive answer. But. Uh, the best I've come, been able to conclude, Patrick, is they can't discriminate against you and not do things for you, or else you've got one hell of a discrimination lawsuit against somebody. Okay, so stand on the affidavit or stand there. I can still use the old Fed number. The, yeah. I can still use the Fed number in the... And they, uh, you know, they ask you for these things when you buy insurance and everything. Sure. Well, you know, this is such a, a big, ingrained, long-term patriot uh, misinformation and that's that the social security number is the nexus to the system and it's not it is a tracking number but it's a tracking number for u.s nationals as well as it is uh, a voluntary servitude people okay uh you know what we need to start calling them we ought to start labeling them what they label it which is birthright citizens so uh, you can be a non-birthright citizen or a birthright citizen, I guess. But that's the terminology and the lexicon they use. And you don't have to be one to be able to interact with them. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head on down the track here with all these businesses and stuff. I'll close these LLCs out. Uh, I'm going to try to get insured, I guess. And call myself whatever I want to, you know, you know, to keep the name of the business or keep the name of, of, of the other business. I don't, I don't see how they can. Well, I can't have a KA. You'll be kind of a guinea pig here because nobody else has taken this to that level, to my knowledge. And I b- believe me, you'll get certainly my full and total attention. But I also encourage you to uh, play a uh, reach out to Brent too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ike sent him an email, but I guess he didn't get it or something. Ike's off today. I'm going to get on him uh, Thursday okay. and try to reach back. I'm going to email him myself because I need to see about getting counsel for where we're headed. Uh, we got some um, some serious headwinds that are affordable that could be done, and uh, I need somebody that can think on their feet and impromptu, and we'll see how it goes. It might be as like the, the funds from the second suit and find the uh, – well, uh, I, I'm sure Brent, since he understands so much now, we finally drug him over the over the ditch, you know, over <laughs> on this side. Hell, it only took me about five years, four years or something. Uh, but uh, I think he'd be a real good person to sit down and talk to and interview about that sort of thing. Uh, I'd certainly yeah, re- oh, yeah. re- I'd respect his counsel. 
Oh yeah, he's the closest counselor to the to the fire here. It's uh, he's definitely definitely next to the glow. He gets it, I'm sure. Um, okay. That being said, if you want, let me drop off and All get right. Chris back in. I'll All right. Listen. Okay, and thanks, right, Patrick, for calling. I'll talk to you later. Okay. All right. right okay. Brother, now you. let's see. I guess here I click him off and go back, and I can probably find Chris, and I can pop him back in. Mr. Chris, are you still patiently waiting? Did you think that I had you on ignore? Did he click off? Chris, are you there? Well, it shows like Chris is supposed to be on here, and he's not. <laughs> okay, well, I guess we'll find out how to set up a little profile and figure out how to do this where we can get our regular communications back in. Um, da, 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 da. Where's Chris? Where's Chris now? Why can't I get him? Call layout and settings. Man, you people. Chris, you're supposed to be there now, and it shows that you're there. And I know I don't have any of my buttons clicked here. And Chris, now you're supposed to be there, bro. Where are you? Oh, man, I'll tell you, you got to love Bill Gates' bunch. Um, I think what I'm going to do here is probably see if I can find this aforementioned David Duke tape and get this in here where I can try and get my composure back a little bit. Um, let's see if I can find this thing. Bear with me. Well, look at that. Open right even to the right folder. Well, somebody's looking down on me today. Um, this is, uh, about 20 minutes, 25 minutes, if I remember correctly. And uh, what we'll do is plug this in here at, uh, at 17, 17 and a half minutes. And, uh, if you've not heard this before, it's just uh, exactly history of what Chris and I talked about earlier, that these are history slavers. Uh, there's, they've earned the title and the label, and uh, uh, this is documented proof from Dr. David Duke. This was a YouTube video, and that was the title of the YouTube video, The History of Jewish Slave Trade. Uh, now, if they've cleaned it off youtube i you could probably find it easier and even see more of dr duke's work which is exemplary over at davidduke.com so let's hear what david got in the research area here on our buddy's historical propensity to enslave their fellow man hello this is david duke other than war no institution of recorded history has violated more human rights, caused more deaths, more suffering than that of slavery. Although slavery still exists in parts of Africa and other parts of the world, the last great trafficking in human slaves occurred in bringing Africans to the New World beginning in the early 16th century and flourishing up to the middle years of the 19th century. The most egregious, cruel, and murderous aspect of this period was the transatlantic slave trade, often called the Middle Passage. Scholarly studies of the loss of life during the transportation of slaves to the Americas suggest that between 7 and 10 million Africans suffered indescribable cruelty 
and perished in the Middle Passage. Human suffering and death from the African slave trade is the cornerstone of white guilt, both in America and around the world, and has been tirelessly promoted by both academic and popular media. The film Amistad by Steven Spielberg is the cinematic standard of films about the slave trade, and a more recent treatment is the excellent film called Amazing Grace. Amistad carefully portrays the slave trade as a Christian European-American enterprise. It is terribly unflattering portrayals of American leaders, the Queen of Spain, and conspicuously Christian slave traders. It has numerous images of Christian crosses accompanied by scenes of horrific treatment of black slaves. Before Amistad, though, in 1992, the Nation of Islam caused a tremendous controversy when it published the book The Secret Relationship Between Blacks and Jews. It quoted prominent Jewish historians who claimed that the African slave trade, and indeed slavery in the West, for the last 2,000 years was thoroughly dominated by the Jewish community. Now, 15 years before the publication, I appeared on the largest black talk show in America and for the first time exposed the issue before a national audience. As strange as it might seem to some of you, in spite of my politics, I had a role in setting in motion the rising black awareness on this issue. Five years after The Secret Relationship was published, Amistad was made. I think it was perhaps a remedial effort to put the genie back in the bottle. It was set in a thoroughly Christian New England. The actual center of the American slave trade was at Newport, Rhode Island. It is no minor coincidence that Newport had America's oldest synagogue and was home with the largest thriving Jewish community in the New World. Although Spielberg portrayed the horrific slave trade as thoroughly a Christian affair, here are some words of the major Jewish history of the early Americas called New World Jewry. It's by S.B. Liebman and the American Jewish Historical Society. He wrote about those who owned and manned the ships, the perpetrators of this mass human cruelty and murder. Quote, they came with ships carrying African blacks to be sold as slaves. The traffic in slaves was a royal monopoly, and the Jews were often appointed as agents for the crown in their sale. They, the Jews, were the largest ship chandlers in the entire Caribbean region where the shipping business was mainly a Jewish enterprise. The ships were not only owned by Jews, but were manned by Jewish crews and sailed under the command of Jewish captains. Now here's how I came to discuss the Jewish slave trade on Black Perspectives in the News on PBS. In the late 60s, I became acquainted with a slave trade researcher by the name of Walter White. He wrote a short booklet called Who Brought the Slaves to America? I contacted him and began doing my own research into the slave trade. I read all the official Jewish histories pertaining to it. I followed the issue for over 25 years now, scanning official Jewish general histories on the subject, and often those histories were published by Jewish historical societies and groups. These were histories written by Jews for Jews, and here's some direct quotes from the leading Jewish historians writing about the African slave trade. Now remember, you can find all the academic citations in my books, My Awakening and Jewish Supremacism. Prominent Jewish historian Mark Raphael, in his book, Jews and Judaism in the United States, a documentary history wrote, quote, Jewish merchants played a major role in the slave trade. In fact, in all the American colonies, whether French, Martinique, British, or Dutch, Jewish merchants frequently dominated. This was no less true on the North American mainland, 
where during the 18th century, Jews participated in the triangular trade that brought slaves from Africa to the West Indies and there exchanged them for molasses, which in turn was taken to New England and converted into rum for sale in Africa. Isaac da Costa of Charleston in the 1750s, David Franks of Philadelphia in the 1760s, and Aaron Lopez of Newport in the late 1760s and early 1770s dominated Jewish slave trading on the American continent. Jewish historians record old Jewish documents showing how the slave trade was so thoroughly Jewish that slave auctions throughout the Americas had to close on Jewish holidays. Brazil received far more African slaves than North America. A. Witzner, another official of the Jewish Historical Society, in his book Jews in Colonial Brazil, pages 72 and 73, wrote, quote, the buyers who appeared at the auctions were almost always Jews, and because of their lack of competitors, they could buy slaves at low prices. If it happened that the date of such an auction fell on a Jewish holiday, the auction had to be postponed. Studying the Jewish histories of the New World, I began to learn of a carefully recorded Jewish history that you and I are not permitted to know about. I discovered that many centuries before the transatlantic slave trade, that Jews had dominated the slave trade in the entire Western world for the last 2,000 years, even as far back as Roman times. Duncan Wagnall's Jewish Encyclopedia, volume 10, page 48, writes, quote, the trade in slavery constituted the main source of livelihood for the Roman Jews. To show you how widespread the Jewish slave trade was and how influential Jews seduced authorities centuries ago, just as they do in modern America and around the world, in the fifth century, Pope Gelasius permitted Jews to introduce slaves from Gaul into Italy on the condition that they were non-Christian. In the eighth century, Charlemagne explicitly allowed the Jews to act as intermediaries in the slave trade. In a history of the Jews from Babylonian exile to the end of World War II, published by the Jewish Publication Society of America, the author writes, quote, the Jews were among the most important slave dealers in European society. And here's a quote from the famous Jewish historian Jacob Marcus in the Encyclopedia Britannica. He matter-of-factly talks about the Jewish control of commerce in the Middle Ages. Quote, in the Dark Ages, the commerce of Western Europe was largely in his hand, in particular, the slave trade. Not only were Jews the principal slave traders, they had markedly higher per capita holdings of slaves than did non-Jews. Jacob Marxus wrote in the United States Jewry, 1776-1985, page 586, quote, all through the 18th century to the early 19th, Jews in the North were to own black servants. In 1820, over 75% of the Jewish families in Charleston, Richmond, and Savannah owned slaves. Almost 40% of all Jewish householders in the United States owned one slave or more. The actual fact is that even in the South, less than 5% of white people owned slaves. Less than 2% of whites owned slaves in all of pre-Civil War America, while 40% of Jewish householders owned slaves. Now notice how only guilt is ascribed for white people in slavery even though Jews were 2,000% more likely to own black slaves than was any white Gentile person. When I broached some of these facts on black perspectives in the news, the host was fascinated. And the underlying question is why there is a collective white guilt assigned for the slave trade, but no collective Jewish guilt. 
Why are black Americans or white Americans not allowed to know who the primary slave traders were? The Anti-Defamation League and other Jewish organizations discovered that I had documented the dominant Jewish role in the American slave trade, and they were desperate to prevent this historical truth from reaching a wide audience. Jewish leaders, Saul Rosen, Harry Bass, Peter Munchik, filed an injunction in the Common Pleas Court in Philadelphia asking the judge to block the program. The Jewish judge, Stanley Greenberg, then ordered that the program not be aired unless he approved it. I will never forget when as a young boy I watched the thoroughly Jewish movie called The Ten Commandments, starring the handsome Gentile icon Charlton Heston playing Moses. Now Moses stands up and condemns the Pharaoh for slavery. Here's a quick clip. It would take more than a man to lead the slaves from bondage. It would take a god. But if I could free them, I would. What has turned you against me? What evil has done this to you? The evil that men should turn their brothers into beasts of burden to slave and suffer in dumb anguish, to be stripped of spirit and hope and faith only because they are of another race, another creed. While Jewish Hollywood portrayed the Jews as fighting against the concept of human slavery and for freedom and human dignity, it just didn't happen to mention the fact that the Hebrews, while still in Egypt, according to the book of Exodus, had slaves too. And here's a quote from Leviticus in the Old Testament showing the true Jewish view on slavery, proclaiming that Gentile slaves must be a Jewish inheritance forever and that it's permitted to treat them cruelly, but never to treat Jews in such harsh ways. As for your male and female slaves whom you may have, you may buy male and female slaves from among the nations that are around about you. You may bequeath them to your sons after you to inherit as a possession forever. You may make slaves of them, but over your own brethren, the people of Israel, you shall not rule one over another with harshness. For simply quoting that verse from the Bible, my friend Sam Francis lost his job as an editorial writer in the Washington Times. Thank God that with the coming of Jesus, the word of God, at least for Christians, became one of love and kindness. Only problem is that organized Jewry rejected and hated Jesus and the love and reconciliation that he taught. The practice and the edicts of Leviticus continued on down through the years until the slave trade was outlawed by Europeans in the 19th century. Newsweek and Time did stories about the Amistad movie and matter-of-factly stated that myths about Jewish control of the slave trade are simply just that, an anti-Semitic canard. Unfortunately, most of Newsweek's readers were not told what prominent Jewish historians themselves wrote about the matter before it became an embarrassing issue. Ironic, isn't it? Before it became a shameful issue, Jewish historians were bragging of their control of the lucrative slave trade in their own histories for their own people. But when it became an embarrassment, after people like me exposed it, now they say, oh, this is just anti-Semitism. While whites are immersed in collective guilt for black slavery, 
by the Jewish controlled media, that same media parcels out not one iota of collective Jewish guilt for the horrific transatlantic slave trade that constituted a true holocaust that exceeded the most liberal estimates of the Jewish lives lost in the Second World War. It's also important to note that slavery existed on the African continent from the beginning of time. It is true that many whites, as well as many African blacks, engaged in the slave trade. And that's a scar on the history of both our peoples. But it's also true that it was the European people themselves who ended not only the slavery and slave trade of blacks by whites and Jews, but also stopped most of the slavery existing among African blacks. The British and American Gentiles who courageously fought to end slavery and the slave trade, they had to go against Jewish financial power and political influence which fought tooth and nail to preserve the nefarious enterprise and human flesh and suffering. It should be a badge of honor on Europeans in both England and America that they moved to outlaw the slave trade in spite of Jewish pressure and power. Blacks suffered for almost 300 years of Jewish-dominated slave trading, and tens of millions of European whites and others have suffered greatly for at least 2,000 years. The Jewish-dominated media from Hollywood to the New York continued to wash the nation and the world with white guilt for slavery, while washing away any collective guilt of the people who hold the world's records for the slave trade since at least the time of the Romans. Now, why do they seek to instill guilt in our people, you might ask? The answer is clearly that the Jewish tribes sought to replace the ruling class of America and other European nations with their own people, and they understood that anything they could do to introduce guilt or shame upon their enemies, anything that would lessen their enemy's sense of loyalty and love of their own heritage, would weaken their resistance to Jewish power. And of course, the Jewish supremacists, they succeeded in replacing the old ruling class. They are the new ruling class of America, Britain, of France, and Europe. Through their Fed and World Bank and IMF and globalist media and their political bribery in groups such as APAC and others, they've become more powerful than their wildest dreams. European peoples engaged in slavery as have all other peoples on earth, but we should understand that at times, tens of millions of our own became victimized by slavery. But Europeans are saddled by the Jewish media and unique guilt and self-hate for slavery when the truth is that Europeans, at least, not only acted to end slavery in their own nations, but fought to eradicate it all over the earth. In sharp contrast to this, the people who have been the biggest champions of this repugnant trade in human suffering for the last 2,000 years and who have fought tooth and nail to preserve it don't have a trace of guilt. Not a trace of guilt permitted. They must always appear as victims and never perpetrators. But times have changed. You've experienced only the tip of the iceberg of the Jewish domination of many kinds of human exploitation. I could talk about the modern white slave trade and millions of Eastern European women enslaved by these people. And it's by the same old tribal malevolence. So you see, it's not just the Palestinians who face the evils of Jewish supremacism. I talk about these issues not because I hate or want to harm Jews. I oppose human exploitation or suppression or hatred against anyone. Among the Jewish people, there are decent people, and it's time for them to end this hypocrisy to clean up their act. Too long has a Jewish establishment of power sheltered and facilitated the worst violators of human exploitation. Modern Israel is the modern expression of the types of human oppressions and exploitation, torture, murder, and ethnic cleansing practiced in their history of the slave trade.
Unfortunately, only a few courageous Jews like Galad, Atzman, and Israel Shamir fight this power, and I salute them. And I thank you. People often ask me, how can we change things? These are incredible facts. Now, what do we do about it? And what we do about it is spread this truth, change the consensus, defend our heritage, and to fight for justice for our own people and for all people. That's what we do about it. One person at a time. Spread this video. Spread the truth. Tell the truth. Be courageous. And we will change the world. Well, there you go. Thank you, David Duke. Uh, and uh, I don't know if that's the first time you've heard that. The title of it is History of the Jewish Slave Trade. It may still be on YouTube. They may have scrubbed it. I don't know. When I saw it years ago, I grabbed the audio uh, and uh, play, used to play audio clips, you know, on the show. In the old days, we couldn't play YouTubes and uh, have had it back there in a directory with a whole bunch of stuff I've saved. That's where the Alice and Weir uh, uh, talk that we play occasionally. We'll continue to play because that information I've never heard anywhere before or since, and I know it's a super credible source. And God bless people like Allison Weir. Uh, Ifamericansknew.org, I believe, is her website. Ifamericansknew.org. Uh, a tenured professor out at the University of California at Berkeley, I believe. And the last name Weir is not Jewish. And she just got uh, interested in the Palestinians' plight, which is what's honestly tugged at my heartstring for 30 years or more. That was uh, something that I took cognizance of back years and years, decades ago, okay, before I started really understanding the rest of it. And uh, Allison Weir has produced some incredible work and had done some meticulous research, meticulous research. Um, someone contacted me during the David Duke tape there and said, uh, wow, I guess they're like really, really into the slave trade. <laughs> yeah, like all of us even today. And, of course, that's the point of it is what these guys have done is they couldn't do outright slavery anymore. But I believe from something that happened live on this program one day when Michael Gaddy was on with us on Wednesdays, and he was reading these Rothschild letters that at that point, I, 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 he's the only person I know that had found them. I think there's some references to them out there otherwise. But uh, Michael had them in his file and was reading that on the air, and there was a comment from one of the younger Rothschilds. He never married he toured the United States, North America for a while, and he wrote these letters back, and somehow they ended up in the Library of Congress. I don't know if all of them did, but some of them did. And Michael found them in all his long hours of tedious research at some point, had them in his files, found them when he's looking back through there, and read them live on the air one day. And there was a comment in there that, it was almost out of context, and and it was such a – it hit me the minute he said it, and uh, we discussed it later. And I, it goes back to uh, the guy that whose statue still stands in the New Orleans area, Judah P. Benjamin, the Jew that got next to 
the president of the Confederacy and literally sabotaged at some point, possibly even from the information we uncovered that day, early on one of those battles, the Confederates could have walked right into Washington, D.C., and he was Secretary of War, I believe, for the South, had been appointed and called back the Army from going in and winning that thing in the early stages of it. Judah P. Benjamin, in this letter that the Rothschild wrote to the European counterparts, he said this statement, Judah P. Benjamin has to have the most brilliant mind on the continent. Judah P. Benjamin has to have the most brilliant mind on the continent. Now, Judah P. Benjamin was a plantation owner himself, and he had married a black former slave. He had a black wife who was a former slave, and he got plugged into all that political power and some of the corruptness out of New Orleans. Some of those guys, Slidell, and some of those old, wealthy, ambitious plantation owners and who had connections back to Europe and the Rothschilds' money connections. And evidently, to me, it tells me that he's the guy that probably came up with this plan. Okay? So because of just the circumstances, I don't have any proof otherwise than it's just one of those answers that comes along that just settles everything, and it totally makes sense. And over the years, as I've gone through trying to pick this thing apart to understand it, I've come across a number of those times when some answer comes out of nowhere and bam, everything just settles down. Usually it's, it's the right one. So don't know if it is or not, but I have a strong suspicion and a very big intuition that uh, Judah P. Benjamin is a way that set up this, let's do this and do this, and this is how we can enslave all of them. And these guys are good at it. They've been doing it all through history. They're right adept at it. It was their ballywick, if you will, to use you know, some of that language. It was their area. And, boy, they did a good job of it. And you, if you don't think so, you, once you understand it and, and the sledgehammer hits you upside the head and you go out and try and tell people, if you don't think they've done a good job of it, you just do a little bit of that. And you'll realize just how slick this program is. And it goes back to, you know, Mark Twain's statement, which simplified it so easily. It's easier to fool a man than to tell him he's been fooled. And boy, this isn't just fool. How about it's easier to enslave a man than tell him he's enslaved? We'll just put a twist on Mr. Twain, Mr. Clement's statement there. Uh, back to David Duke. Um, see, now, once we can penetrate audiences like that, you know, I had some email exchanges with, with Mr. Duke, who I've met before uh, personally, shook his hand, nice guy, very sharp. Uh, we were at... Uh, Louisiana State University there in Baton Rouge at the same time didn't know each other uh, but I'm sure I may have seen him and passed his uh, past seen some of his activities because they're at LSU they've got a thing they've still got it I believe called free speech alley and you can get in there and 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 ballyhoo any cause you want it's free speech alley and I know that he 
from what I've read about his time there is that he handed out some stuff and was fairly active in that. And I'm sure I probably walked past it and saw him and no telling what was in my mind at the time, but it, uh, it would have been interesting to have crossed paths with uh, David back then. We've exchanged emails uh, back when the book was uh, first out, and I didn't have as good a command of it back then, seven years ago. Certainly I do now. And um, and he's busy, and I know he's got a more than a full plate in front of him. And it's hard to get these guys. That's part of what I feel has been the big obstacle here in us having a wider net and cast than we do, then that's all right. I'm all right with it. But is that it's just so difficult for some of these people that are so into their own approach, their own contacts, their own sphere, and something comes like this out of left field, and they just don't have the time and, and unless something strikes them somehow just right time to put everything else aside and dedicate a bit of time and brain power to understanding what's going on here because what you're really having to do is to undo really really slick pavlovian conditioning and uh the the right people it seems to register with the other people for whatever those reasons maybe it just doesn't register with right now but that's going to change there's more and more people are looking for answers and the more this thing unravels and the more confusion and boy as if there isn't enough and hadn't been enough there's going to be a whole bunch more coming right in front of us and everybody here in these words knows that all right so uh that's more opportunity because the more that happens the more i think some of those people are honestly looking for answers of how can all these dialectical things be happening uh uh and, and what what are the oh did we lose our connection now here i've lost connection to the server now this is somewhat new i'm working on this problem too but now um, am i having this little this little wi-fi snafu because we've lost connection with the server and uh it doesn't want to seem to connect it's going to connect back it's losing it what's going on it connects for a second and pops back out uh let's to, to, I tell you, I'm a basket case on all this technology stuff. All right, we've connected to the streamer again, server. Streaming to the server again. Ah, where was I? I'm, now, that's the if, if that's been a problem for a while. Aha, here comes Shane. Well, and see, now used to you could cut those sounds off where they didn't go out on the air. But now I don't know how to do that because you don't have any of your controls like you used to have where you could access and do things. Hello, Shane. Hello, Roger. Microsoft's not near you in your neighborhood. It's up there in Redlands, Washington or something. Uh, I'd, I'd have you go by and throw some paint on their building or something if they were close. <laughs> All right. Well, I know if you... Uh People actually, my mom married one. He's like the guru of the Microsoft, Microsoft. Uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, he knows. Uh, he's worked for NASA. He's done all this stuff, and he's really versatile within regards to uh, the uh, 
Microsoft uh, mishaps. Well, I mean, he doesn't make them. He actually solves them and creates well, solutions and well, stuff like that. Tell him, tell him so, that. Uh, what I can do is I can just simply talk to him about well, it, find out what he, what he can possibly do. But, uh, yes, he speaks a different language. He speaks like a scientist, uh, an astronaut. He, he really, like, knows his, his stuff. Okay, well, so, uh, who yeah. knows? I might get a chance to speak with him, Shane. Who knows? Uh, it's... Uh, it's it's quite confusing because they've made a pretty major change here. I remember I got stuck with this back last year when I had to buy a new computer when I had a crash. And when you loaded it, bam, this was what's there. And I remember trying to get on the air with it, and it's frustrating. And we had an, a copy of the old software, and we just, you know, the old version, we put it in there and have been using it. But now it's time to pay the piper i guess we'll get an answer i think patrick's uh, bible study guy might have the answer and we'll talk to hopefully talk to mike uh, the guy that called in earlier who's a new first time he's oh, called hey, in God, i hate it okay shane well i'm glad to call glad you called in and thanks for letting me know and it's Thank good you. it's uh, sometimes when you have problems is when you hear from people you know so i wasn't expecting to have to carry the show by myself today so that's kind of different, but we can take calls, and I, I can uh, uh, certainly answer any questions, or we can comment on some stuff. I was talking about David Duke um, and, and the problem that I think we've got, because I've put this information in front of virtually, you know, the Greg Hunters, the Dave Jandas, the Bill Holters, the Jim Willies, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Alec Bull, Bullhorn Billy, Alex Jones, uh, always listen to Joyce Riley's show, which was before his. He he or his staff, uh, staff, staff, staff. He he and his staff would always listen to Joyce's show, and so he he heard this information three times. Was exposed to it in some way, shape, or form, even down to the timeline presentation. Uh, just so, what do you do? You drop back and you get your own platform. That's what we've got, People's Patriot Network. And we've got our own core solid audience that the message has resonated with to the point of many of them file paperwork and are going through the empowerment process in their own individual lives right now. And uh, so at some point, the information we've got is going to get out into some of those lists Let's, let's call them like secondary uh, venues with people that have their own established audience, and it's going to spread. People like David Duke, that'd be a nice place to get it exposed through is David Duke's audience because they probably get a lot of people that would take action on it, uh, I would think, pretty uh, immediately as they got their arms around the concept. And my goal is to get this information into the public domain which we accomplished seven years ago. But now I think uh, you, sh you should always revise a goal when you've accomplished it, they say. Make it higher, bigger. So I think uh, I like to see, boy, I'd love to know how many of these affidavits they've received up there at Foggy Bottom because I know as, as full of that a traders as that damn place is, and, man, it's chock full of them that every one of these they get up there concerns them because they know the message is spreading. 
I remember back in Atlanta when we were, you know, still wet behind the ears and thought that Wright and your congressman did things and stuff like that. When we were that naive. Um, we did hear back from somebody that we had interaction with up there, and they said, listen, if you want to get a congressman or a senator's attention, don't send them a fax. That was in the days of faxes, in the early days of email. Don't send them an email. They ain't going to look at it. Don't send them a fax. Everybody sends them a fax. Don't send them a letter. They look at letters. He said what they really pay attention to up there is handwritten postcards because they figure that if they get a handwritten postcard of somebody that went to that time in trouble to do that, that there's so many other people, 20, 30, 50 people in the district that felt the same exact way. And they would take notice of handwritten postcards. Isn't that an unusual twist? But that's the reason. And so I guarantee you they take notice of these affidavits when they come in. And uh, I've told the story before. My, I got to figure they've gotten over 100,000. And the reason I say that is because of what I was told by Glenn, and I didn't know this till after they went through their whole ordeal and went through their prison years and got out. But it, in the process of whatever had happened in Salt Lake, they'd appeal it, go to Denver to the Tenth Circuit, make a decision, go back to Salt Lake. They'd uh, do something. They'd appeal it, Tenth Circuit. So that went on for years, all right? But sometime in that process, the U.S. attorney got up in court and said the IRS had received over 100,000 of these affidavits that are like mine reprinted in the back of the book the five page one i don't recommend that you do that necessarily now uh one page is fine simpler the better you could probably even just put something like i'm not related to black slaves after the civil war and uh you don't have to get verbose. You can just get simple. In fact, it says in the passport application, it doesn't even have to be an affidavit, that it can be a simple declaration. So you might could even take, go get some of your grandchildren's crayons and crayon them out a little message and tell them what you're not. They'd have to accept it. It's got to go in your administrative file, but add some, let's face it, it'd add some color to your administrative file. <laughs> but the important thing is volunteer out. Now that's what you got a right to do. I finally, um, I'm, I'm real pleased that, uh, uh, I think I've got somebody else over the, over the ditch like Brent and uh, has a pretty big website, sedm.org. A lot of technical information on there. He's gone to a lot of pains of doing this in court and that, and all the references won't put anything on there until he's gotten proof of it somewhere, all that kind of stuff, attitude and approach, and that's good. 
but I've tried to switch him over to the conceptual way of looking at this. And I, I think I might've done it because it really is easy. If, if you're over there looking at all those statutes and all those regulations, you're trying to read this and understand what it says here and relate it over there. Cause it's been appended and I, you know, all of that kind of stuff, you're, you're never going to get your arms around the, the answer a, and you're just going to get more intimidated, frustrated, and compromisable B. Okay. But if you go back and understand on the big picture, Hey, what is it? It's a remake of the feudal era. That's all it is. They want to set up the world in a global feudalist fashion. And that's what Carol Quigley told us. Carol Quigley told us that in tragedy and hope Carol Quigley big professor Georgetown University Bill Clinton's favorite professor remember all that uh, they he they let him into the Council on Foreign Relations all right well there's somebody calling in you could hear our caller <laughs> hey Bob good afternoon Roger how are you man I'm doing pretty good Oh. So you watched the uh, championship finals last night? I certainly did. Well, my wife has control of the remote, so I watched it vicariously, just kind of watching the watching the box score progress. And at about a halftime, it pretty much looked like there wasn't much more to watch. But I, you know, you always wonder. But uh, yeah, they put a pretty thorough whipping on a really good defense. Uh, they uh, they kind of got Alabama in every f- facet of the game, pretty much, except some of their running backs. Right. right. Um, yeah, I was surprised. I expected it to be a heavyweight bout and, you know, end up within a store. Well, I'll make, I'll make a prediction over the offseason – Every SE school, SEC school will try and get a hold of that defensive coach, Venable. <laughs> I'll bet. Yeah. Yeah, I'll bet he's a hot property right now. Well, I mean, just to ask him how he did it, not to try and hire him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, no, he's pretty – that was an interesting game, and that was a really, really interesting outcome. And I know that's hard for the uh, Crimson Tide folks to take, but uh, they don't – get that kind of a, uh, an ass whipping very often. And they certainly got one handed to him last night. Well, in fact, I don't know that I have this a hundred percent accurate, but I was just scrolling through some online, you know, uh, reflections on the game. And I believe I have this right. that Saban hadn't lost by more than either a touchdown or within 10 points in recent history and the last time it had happened he was coaching the the dolphins which goes way back and he got beat 21 to nothing at some point and i don't remember who it even was but that's going way back that's that's pretty amazing in and of itself well you know coach saban is an exceptional good coach he may be one of the best of all time we had him there in baton rouge for a few years and he literally turned our program around he brought us a national championship and then he decided to go off to pro football and got disenchanted and ended up up at alabama right there as as our bit rival. and of course over the years and this goes back with me many years you know 40 years uh uh, our our school has taken a lot of butt whippings from that team. 
So to see yeah. them get a little bit of it last night was uh, a lot of satisfaction for a lot of people in the SEC. Yeah, yeah I don't doubt that. So I, uh, anything to maybe level the playing field a little bit. So, anyway, sorry for my Skype problems today. Hopefully, we'll get this thing figured out in the next day or two because this isn't anywhere near as much fun as it used to be. <laughs> Bob, it was it was nice to see you and meet you. Bob and I got to see each other and meet each other. We kind of know what each other looks like now. And uh, and your very lovely and charming daughter, didn't she didn't say too much, but I could see what a sweet person she is. You guys had a nice group over there Saturday, didn't you? enjoyed it i wish it could have been longer but my own my own fault i i uh won't go into long details but i should have taken a different route i had way more traffic than i wanted and didn't start as early as i wanted but we spent several hours and uh then we had to get back to the house so yeah it was enjoyable really well my uh glad to have made the effort Yes, I'm, I bet you are. Uh, my hope is that one of these days we can get Katya as a, a host on the network here, either on the weekends, on Saturday for an hour or two or something, because she brings an awful lot of valuable information, experience, and now this pretty miraculous little uh, frequency healer to the table. Yeah. I, uh, I spoke with her for nearly an hour the night before on on Friday, just uh, uh, Gary had given me her number, and so I gave her a call, and we ended up talking quite a while. And yeah, she's got a a lot of knowledge about a lot of things. She really does. I mean, and I've I've bragged about her this about her on the air before, simply because. It impresses me, and that's that she speaks eight languages. I mean, listen, I've had a heck of a time just learning to try and do two. I'm still not fully on top of one. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You call in picking nits all the time, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, anyway. So. Uh, yeah, that, uh, and you did have it correct. Uh, Gary's mother is Jean, and she's a lovely lady. I just love to see somebody of her age that is still enthused about something, you know, quote unquote, alternative. Yes, especially. She's listening, huh? Yeah. According to Gary, she she never misses a program. So, and is disappointed yeah, when I have replays and stuff on there. So, evidently, yeah. I she gotta make sure I'm not telling any fibs because she'll wrap me out. <laughs> <laughs> and that you know, I never could get my mother to even entertain anything about listening to this. So that was particularly thrilling to me to know that uh, there's people out there that are still open minded and are looking for answers. Uh, and. No doubt. Uh, we got some we got some big time answers here so um it's just like we keep doing what we're doing and at some point you know what it is bob if you want to look at it in the bigger picture i quit trying to manipulate it myself and i turned it over to the big guy and i said listen i'm going to sit here and do what i know you I, I, you're, you want me to do and you open the doors right yeah it's a little bit tough trying to play offense, defense, special teams, and live your life all at the same time. Well, I mean, especially, hell, I, you know, I'm towards the back end of it. Thank, you know, without 
bringing C60 into the picture, but I'm in the latter part of it, certainly, the later the later innings of the game, and uh, I'd like to enjoy a little bit of it because I've really put a lot of my life into this for the last 30 years. It's been my total right. main focus, you know, and I feel like I've accomplished the goals. I understand it real well myself, and um, and I think we're going to give them fits. I think we're already giving them fits. When they go in and change the passport application because of the things we're talking about on here and that we bring out, I think I think that's a mission accomplished right there. It's notable, certainly. So yep. uh, most important public information gathering form from one of the most important eight, uh, departments of government. I think that's a pretty good accomplishment. I'm real proud of it. Right. Yeah. Well, I now, had the comment. I'm back and forth between vehicles here. I'm trying not to make too much noise, but I put I poke on to uh, my cyber index here more often than I should because it doesn't accomplish anything. It's just interesting. And uh, it's got a trending function which shows which coins are up the greatest the top 10 coins and percentage raised and the top 10 coins that are down for both today and yesterday and it also when i clicked on the uh, home it usually shows you know bitcoin at number one on trade volume is what it ranks them at and then typically you know it's uh, ethereum or ripple or who knows what but I flipped over there just 10 minutes ago before I called, and there's this coin called Empower Coin, and it's leading Bitcoin on volume, and I'm just flabbergasted because that's just, I mean, I've never heard of it. I checked the chart, and apparently social media only goes back a couple of months, but the coin started like an hour or two before I clicked on, and it is up to 8.8 cents for .088 dollars. And it is up, get this, Roger, 255,989%. Holy smokes. You know, I think I got an email or, I got an email or something on a conference call last night, and that might have been what it had to do with. It was announcing some coin. I don't remember if it was this one or not, and, but it sounds like it might be. And, yeah, well, well, I clicked back after I, after I picked my job up the floor and looked a little bit at the site. I mean, not at the site, but the social media piece. And I went back, and it was already not above Bitcoin anymore. So I, I clicked it again and went back to it just to see if the percentage had dropped hugely. Because of course, you know, it's just a very volatile when it's doing that. But no, it's still up there in the hundreds of thousands of percent. And you're just thinking, man, why couldn't I have just put a dollar in that? Well, you you see the see what I'd sacrifice to watch that national championship game last night. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll go back and see if I did if I saved those emails. That'll be interesting. The name of it was Empower. Yeah, Empower Coin with no e, uh, well, no e between the W and the R. I remember EMPR, back. EMPR EMPR is the ticker. The one that I got in on about a little over a year ago, that Electronium. We talked about it a bit on the air. Pat Gamble gave me the tip on it, and he'd gotten the tip from some 
uh, big fashion model that he knows over in Asia somewhere who'd made a ton of money in ICOs. And she's the one that right. flipped him the, the tip and said, this looks like it's got legs. I remember exactly what he told me. And we had a, some Bitcoin laying around the wallet, so I threw some money at it. And it came out at a penny, and then it spiked up real quick to 21 cents within just the first you know and that's what happens these icos come out the people that are in on the ico get it the ico closes and it gets out in the public and it the price starts rising the people that bought it originally sell into that and walk away and right. so then it drops down to you know two or three cents all right and that's what happened with electronium and i think that may you know happen with a number of them but there haven't been very many icos lately but this is interesting i'll go back when i get a chance i can't do too much today because we go out and have this patriot lunch and we got some other things revolving around that today so uh i'll be uh out of pocket till later in the afternoon but i'll go back and try and look tonight well, it's kind of funny because when I go on the trending function, which shows those that are up a huge percentage right. or down, it's not even there. So there must be some threshold that it has to be, you know, for such a duration before they'll even list it there because it's not even on. But when you actually type in the EMPR, it comes back up. And it's still 255,000%. And I'm just... Well. That's good. That's good. Well, some people, you know, they'll, the word will get back out there. And uh, we're about to see some changes in the cyber market, I feel like. But listen, as a continuation of yesterday's kind of tail half half, half hour, uh, half back half of the show, but I'll get it in a second. In the second hour, uh, I think we're in a real good spot. We got Carrot Bars and Bit Club Network as main foundational programs, both of them totally well established. Uh, uh, Carrot Bars been eight debt free the whole time. Bit Club Network, same thing, both very bright futures. But then we've got all these other little peripheral programs. And I think, honestly, overall, we've been pretty good. We've hit Electronium, it looks like. We hit Token Pay, which I couldn't promote because the ICO sold out, sold out in two weeks. You know, it was supposed to go for three months. It sold out in two weeks. I got a little bit of that, not much. I was going to go back and buy more. And when I went back, it was already closed. So a little bit of that. We've got another play that's probably a real good play is the BitClub Network coin, Club Coin. Club Coin. That's going to be used. Yeah, you know, with the merchant tie-ins and that whole platform. And I think that's probably a good, sure winner. Uh, if you've got Electronium or Litecoin, like Gary is uh, and other people are so high on, any of those coins are real good secondary things. But I think we're in a real good position, Bob. You know, something that has a lot of interest for me, but I've never quite known what to make of it. John alluded to it yesterday in a, when he was schooling Robert. Shame on you, Robert. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was talking about the phone that they've got coming or starting yes. out. I'm not sure. I, I, I'm not real sure what the deal is there. I don't understand it. Okay. Uh, what the advantage is, why you would want it. Yeah. Is there things it can do that no other phone does? The, I don't, I don't the know how it's how got it a, works. I haven't ever seen anything on it, really. Well, Carrot Bars is going to have their own, too. And it's a proprietary blockchain that's internal to the phone, where you don't well, it's have to. Nothing to do with an app. It's the phone. The phone it, has it. 
wired in. It evidently is built into the software is the impression I get. Uh, and, you know, later down the line, we're going to have, uh, I guess they're doing it now with some of the big guys. They all get debit cards tied right back to your account. Uh, we're going to have this whole merchant tie-in. I mean, listen, BitClub Network's a solid operation, and virtually nobody knows about it, in our country especially. Yeah, yeah. And ironically, I... Yeah, my, no, no, it's carrot bars where the U.S. is one of their bigger markets, but it's a pain in the butt given the way the ICO happened and everything just because the resident, non-resident thing. Well, you know, I had... The club network isn't nearly as concentrated in the U.S. In fact, I think we're a bit player, aren't we? Unintended. Yes. Um... The carrot bars company, you know, part of the obstacles that you have to transverse here is the fact that they're a member of the World Trade Organization, and let's face it, they deal in gold, okay? So obviously they're going to be scrutinized. But I just uh, had to get renew my my uh, prepaid debit card with them, which you have to pay for, goes through a private bank in London called PFS Financial. No bank ever sees your charges with that card. It just goes through one account. It has privacy. And uh, the way they do things is just top-notch professional. I mean, they do everything so professionally through Carabars. And uh, I'm, I always have been and still even are more today impressed with them and the way they handle things as a big global entity that they are and the amount of people they deal with. They do a very good job. They're going to be a player down the line, and I do believe it's going to be one of the few places that people can access if they want to purchase physical gold, in especially small, high-quantity quality quantities of yeah, high quality. Right. I'll get it out in a minute. I'm a little mind tied today because of this Skype situation, Bob. Yeah, yeah it was almost humorous. My daughter and I were in the vehicle we were riding, and uh, we'd look at each other every few minutes and chuckle. You were, you were doing your uh, gymnastics, trying to make it work or figure out why it wasn't working. And we're, of course, we can't help. We're just kind of listening. And, well. Little humor, little humor at your expense. <laughs> yeah, my expense. Well, you know, it's one of the hot seats you get put in here, and it's right. trial under fire. And this thing is t- so totally new with how they've re-engineered it. Evidently, there's a way to do it, but we'll try and figure it out. I hope I. I guess if pa- at least maybe just Paul and I can have a conversation tomorrow if we can't figure it out between now and then. But we'll get to it. We got enough people that seeming help. Shane's wanting to call back in and so uh i don't know if he's got something additional well, not in a similar vein to what you got back in the corner on i bought an iphone 4 i don't know what 13 or 14 year 13 or 14 yeah and i refused as many updates as i could some of them just came in you know yeah and finally it got to where i couldn't charge it i mean i plug it in you could see that it had continuity and, and contact because it was it would light up in about 10 or 15 seconds that it'd say, um, accessory not supported. And the charge would stop. Yeah. And and I went to the dealer, so to speak, the, the store that uh, dealt with them. And they said, well, 
you've received so many updates that now it's basically useless. I mean, it, it's not even going to take a charge. And I'm thinking, why does that have to be tied to charging? <laughs> but it was. And uh, essentially, it just I just had to get a different phone. So I don't know if I won that battle or not. I'd say I didn't. Well, so they taking the update. They they got a real gentle way of of getting you down that chute into the corral, you know. Boy, don't they? Yeah. Uh, You're done. It ain't working anymore. Yeah, they wouldn't let me back in. Well, and, and then what really frustrated me about the process was it said you need to have this code to get in your account, and it says we send the email code and it lists the email address that's correct that I've got associated with the profile and you'd go okay send me the code and the code never arrive and then the next day it said okay you got four more days to put in the code alright request the code no code shows up Where's the code? Uh, you know and I went I went through the you know microsucks catch 22 syndrome for a few days and then yesterday after the show i went to go back to my personal profile and it wouldn't let me in period yeah and so then you got to go to to the skype website you got to go try and find support and you got to go back there and says oh we won't uh you can't get in because you haven't updated the software Oh Lord! Now I got to go on to some queue at support and try and get a tech guy that you're now chatting with, okay? And he had to come in and take control of my computer to go in and do it. That's a warm fuzzy feeling. Yes, I was thrilled about it. And then they, then they got a, then they got a secondary email address that you had to confirm in the process. Let me put you on hold here and see who this is, Bob. So I'll, I'll I, go away. I'll just listen. Okay. Well, glad you're out there. Let me see who this is. It's yeah. an unknown. Right. Okay, this is a seven one nine area code. Hey, seven one nine, what's going on? Oh, I just I just now called in. I don't I don't know what you guys are talking about. We're talking about how Skype is messing us up here, and because of that, it's thrown the temp, tempo and stuff and the format of the show a little bit off today. But we're trying to still get through it. Where is seven one nine? Uh, Colorado. Did you how'd you stumble into us? Are you a first time listener? No, um, apparently I've. Uh, at least my phone said I've called you at least twice. I I, would, I thought this was a way just to call in. It is. Um, it is. Okay. And you're on. To and, hear it. Well, no, no, no. When you don't call in to hear it here, you can hear it by going, oh, we don't have a call-in number that I know of that you can call in to listen. And I try not to have a bunch of people use this because then they're clogging up the whole system which like right now it's really screwing it up but what you do is you get two options on your t on your cell phone there what's your name uh iote iote did i get that right did I lose you? no i was asking your name and i think you said iote yeah. Okay, EOTE. What the best, the other options, and probably a little bit better for you, is to go to an, your app store on your cell phone and look okay. for a look for a, an app called Tune In, all one word, T U N E I N. Uh, Tune In. And, 
and when there's two options, there's a premium tune-in and a free tune-in. Get the free one. Don't pay for it. You can get it on free, and when you load it, then just put in People's Patriot Network, three separate words, and the network will pop right up. Now, the other thing you can do is to go to the very same thing, peoplespatriotnetwork.com, and there's a little listen in button there. But if you've okay. got if you want to call in and ask a question or have a comment, you're certainly welcome to. Pardon me? Sorry about that. I was, um Yeah, you're not on the radio by any chance, are you? Well I am right now, I think. It shows we are. Uh just on AM radio somewhere? No, no, not on AM. We're simply on the internet. And uh, that's how you access it, either through peoplespatriotnetwork.com or that little tune-in app, the free one, and then People's Patriot Network in the search bar. And you can hear us that way. Uh, there may be some small micro-broadcasters, if there's any of those folks still out there, and I think there are, that may carry it, but there's none that I know of. Okay, well, I, I apologize. I, I messed up your show there. So, no, you haven't messed up uh, the show. It's pretty messed up already today. So I was glad to hear from you. <laughs> if you Thanks. Thanks. Okay. If you ever have any uh, questions about, uh, you know, the process or anything, uh, and are you an Indian? Is that your name kind of sounded in American Indian? Is that correct? No, no. No, no. Okay, well, no, it comes from idiot. I figured out I was an idiot, so that that's what I call myself. Now. Okay, well, all right. Isn't it sad that our people have to resort to stuff like that? I don't. So, uh, well, thanks for calling in, and do so again if you've got a question or a comment. Was there anything you wanted to add other than just uh, listening in? Uh, well, you know, not till I listened in and, and, you know, knew what you guys were talking. So we talk about so, freedom. Uh, Have you never listened to the show before? Well, uh, like I say, um, uh, I've got the number a couple of times, you know, it showed I've called it before. So, uh, and I don't recall having a conversation like this. So I must've heard it a time or two. Yeah. Some people I, I know on, uh, some of the other calling uh, uh, all that. Okay. Well, thanks for checking in, and uh, I'll see if any of our other folks and you can go listen in and see what's gone. The connection's lost. All right. Well, that was kind of unusual. It has been one heck of an unusual day today. I think that'd be an understatement, probably. Um, so we got a few more minutes left here, and we'll try and trek through. Uh. I, I really don't know what that was. Try and find out how to set up some sort of a profile here. Ah, now there's Shane calling back. Uh, hey, Shane, how you doing, bro? Uh, yes, I'm back, and I would like to ask uh, two questions. One question is pretty much a, a statement, and the next question is, do you know if this has happened or if it has happened before? So let's go to my first uh, statement. It says Sun Tzu said, 
no nation has ever benefited from prolonged war. Sun Tzu. Well, I I certainly can see the logic of his reasoning. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next, uh, I guess, question is the uh, HR, House Representative, it's the 5404-5404. It's about um, introducing the gold standard in the Bible by President Donald Trump into the U.S. dollar and all that good fun stuff. I haven't seen a thing on it. U.S. done this before? Um, well, we used to have a gold standard, obviously. Tried. We used to have a gold standard before March the 9th of 33. Uh, and uh, at and I, I've it seems like I may have seen that some congressman introduced that, but I haven't don't remember, and I don't have any kind of articles or reference points in front of me, Shane, but I can easily understand why that might be the case, and I hope it is. And let's hope it gets to be more of a topic of conversation. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, yeah, H.R. 5404. Okay, 5404. That, that would be House Resolution. It means it's brought yeah. up in the House. Yeah. With all the new controlling socialist wacko communists in control. No, the government's closed. <laughs> oh, wait, she, well, no, one of your, you know, your own California gal, Miss Pelosi, and that whole crowd of social Democrats that they got all the votes uh, uh, with voting, har- vote harvesting, and got all of those seats flipped out there in this last election. So we'll get yeah. to be entertained by that for the next couple of years. Mm. Oh, yeah. And yeah, President President Donald Trump is doing something uh, meticulously and slowly to make it all work work out. Well, that's uh, certainly change with the uh, Pfizer 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 stuff. Let, let's hope so, and let's hope he's working very quietly, playing 4D chess behind the scenes, and uh, their their plan is unraveling right in front of us, and so we're very fortunate we can kind of step back and just let it all fall hopefully you've gotten yourself in a good position with some of these other options we've had and that we'll be able to make this through this relatively unscathed mm-hmm. and i guess one more thing is that the Deutsche, Deutsche bank uh got delisted i think that was december 31st delisted where Well, there. Well, we know. I don't know about what listing they got delisted from, but I know they're in real bad trouble, as all these other banks are. And you uh, have got basically a situation where the head folks over there in Basel, Switzerland, are making public announcements that the clearinghouses that clear derivatives, which are what's propping the whole thing up, may have problems. So when you got statements like that coming out and seeing the visible things that we're seeing on a daily basis, uh, you know that something's real close. 
the market doesn't go down the most it's ever gone down in one day have a day off and then go up the most it's ever gone up in the history of the market the following day those things just don't happen um let's see here towards the end of the the disastrous program from today uh thank you microsoft um goals up at looks like they knocked it down it's back up at 1286 and uh the dow jones index oh everything's in the green it's up 185 points happy days are here again the skies above are clear again don't you remember that shane that's mr roosevelt's old song so uh that's where we are happy days are here again bro dow jones and that's just going up 29,000. Happy days are here. I, I can sing happy days are here again when I get my Skype functioning back up, and uh, I'll work on that after I get back home this afternoon. Another little technical task to overcome, Shane. I'm thrilled. I just love doing this sort of thing. <laughs> good and bad. No, there, I don't yeah. believe there's much good in it. Hopefully something good will come out of it. Okay. Well, I mean, with the Microsoft. Microsucks. Yeah. yeah. Anyhow, um, I don't know what else to say than have a nice day. Well, thank you. Uh, uh, we're going to have a whistler here in a minute. I was going to say earlier, we are talking about David Duke on another and our slave pals. Uh, on another, he did a video. It's probably over there on his site somewhere. Uh, having to do with the white slave trade uh, where, where they're getting all these girls out of the, you know, Ukraine and all those Ukistans and all that stuff. And they bait them in saying, cause it's the, the economy is very depressed in a lot of those places and they're looking for glamor and something in their life. And they say they're going to get them a job in some other part of the world. Well, they end up down in Israel in these brothels in these whorehouses. And uh, there was a statement from one of the girls that had been in that situation and when she got there she was sold uh, to one of the brothel owners and the first thing they do is take their passport and the girl was trying to argue with him or something he said i've got your passport i bought you i own you you're my property See, they've still got this mindset internally that they can own other people as property. We played the origins of it there in the David Duke tape that we slid into Dizay's program. And uh, the actual factual references historically all the way back to Rome, Shane. So we're dealing with the same old bunch, and they're doing the same old thing, and there's nothing new under the sun. They're just doing it real slick this time no they're not doing it slick we found them out well we found them out now but man you know we're fortunate we're the blessed ones we are the chosen ones to have been receptive for this information and come to these conclusions and then acted on it okay but look at how many people are still fooled and to what extent it's almost scary man well, what's scary is that uh, this show's about end. Uh, should hear the whistler here in just a sec. And I guess tomorrow we're going to have our first show of the year with Mr. Paul. 
And I did ask him the other day if he would try and check with uh, John up there in Scotland and see if there was any new news on the common law birth certificate, something we're going to try and concentrate on this year. And um, we'll see what Paul has to allow. If nothing else, we'll have some wonderful conversation. And uh, he always brings wonderful aspects and things to the table. So that's kind of what we're going to do, Shane. Well, I got one more thing. Uh, President Donald Trump is giving a, uh, I guess, uh, State of the Union address today. Oh, that's right. That's I tonight. Today at like 6 p.m. Is he doing the State of the Union or is he doing some special talk on the wall? I don't know, but he's out there and he's trying to get this out. Well, I don't know either, yeah. man. It doesn't sound. Oh, there's Mr. Whistler. Okay, well, if y'all want to watch uh, DJ Trump tonight, we'll talk about it probably tomorrow. Don't know, but Paul will be back. Maybe I'll make some progress on this Skype hurdle that I have to uh, jump over, two or three hurdles possibly. And uh, regardless, one way or another, Shane, I will do my dead level best to be back with you. Manana in la manana. That means tomorrow, okay? Adios. Adios, amigo. Have a great day. I hope y'all is better than my show today. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow. It's all right. It's just a real pain in the rear end. I wish these people would stop this kind of crap. See y'all tomorrow. <laughs>